Hey guys, what's going on? My name is Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for being here with us. This is the Thrive Bites podcast, and welcome to season five. Here we talk about three things, plant-powered living, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview the most passionate guests here, ranging from physicians to coaches to dietitians to entrepreneurs. And my hope is to give you really informative and high-valued conversations. So please Follow us here on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you hear your podcasts. Come on in, and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Buys Podcast. I am joined by Chef Babita Saretha, and she is an amazing, amazing human being. She is a plant-based uh, vegan chef calling all the way from Nepal, and we have half of our episode talking about her story, how she got into the plant-based world, how she found cooking you know, from an early age, and how that has uh, applied to her being the first cookbook author of plant-based Himalaya of Nepal. And it's very, very exciting. Uh, and she also cooks for, for us as well. She'll be demonstrating a recipe from her cookbook. So you don't want to miss this and I'll see you inside. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu. And thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world and you decided to spend your precious moments with us today. And I'm very, very, very grateful. So without further ado, I am super, super excited to introduce our next guest. Her name is Chef uh, Babita Shretha. Oh man, I hope I pronounced that correctly. She'll let me know. And uh, she is a plant-based chef, photographer, graphic designer, and author of Plant-Based Himalaya, which will be due, I believe, coming in September, or maybe it's already published. So we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> and she has a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful story. She is actually calling from all the way from Nepal. And, you know, she has a lovely story cooking for a couple of decades, and she has a lot of skill sets and it was her mission, uh, unbeknownst to her, to actually create the first plant-based cookbook of Nepal. And I'm very, very excited to interview her about that, figure out her you know, background story and why she uh, decided to go on the vegan lifestyle. So without further ado, please welcome Chef Bibita. Hello. Namaste. <laughs> namaste, namaste. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining with us. Um, I believe it's your morning, right? Yes, it's eight o'clock <laughs> in the morning here. And tell us exactly where uh, where in Nepal you're calling from. I'm in Pokhara right now. It's the city of the mountains and lakes. Ooh! So, <laughs> yeah. if you were to travel to the Himalayas, how long does it take <laughs> there by foot, uh, by by horse, by car? <laughs> Uh, I would say like by if you want to take a cab or a taxi one day, so oh, one day wow. and then and then you have to hike on the uh -huh. top. Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. wow. I, so, I'm sure uh, uh super, super exciting. <laughs> do a, yeah. do you get a lot of tourists just wanting to go and hike the Himalayas? I'm sure, right? Yes, this is the right time because all the mountains are uh showing up. Mm -hmm. October nice. is the October to October and November is the best time and then it gets winter and then back to April, May, June mm -hmm. is really good time. 
Okay. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know for my future trauma plannings. I might visit you soon. (laughs) So, you know, thank you so much for taking the time out. I am super excited to interview you, not just you and your cookbook, but really dive deeper into your story, learn a little bit about your culture and why you decided to write this wonderful uh, cookbook, which I have, by the way. (laughs) Which I'm super, super, super stoked. It's a beautiful, thank beautiful, you. beautiful, um, you know, cookbook. So, you know, so thank you so much for sending this. And I was really hap- happy to know that you photographed all the pictures. Is that right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So before we dive deep into the cookbook, sure. I want to learn more about you. Yeah. I like to know, you know, the origin story about my guests, how they got from point A to point B. So my first question to you is how did you, you know, the obvious question is how did you go into plant-based, you know, lifestyle or the vegan lifestyle? Please take uh, share with us. First of all, thank you for inviting me. I love your name, Chef Dog, because a <laughs> chef is also a dog. Yes. Um, so <laughs> how I chose to go plant-based, um, the ethnicity I am from Nepal, uh, we eat a lot of meat. So, uh, well, when I was 15 years old, back in like you know, 15 years ago, I started finding out that this is not the right way to go. And uh, I would like to go vegetarian. At that time, we didn't know really veganism. Uh, and Nepal is really heavy in vegetarian diet. But it didn't happen. And then uh, because of my um, you know, situation, I had to go study in USA. And even there, I've been trying to go vegetarian for a very, very long time, but it didn't happen. And now I was turning 30 and I was thinking that I've been trying to go plan this for this long and uh, why I am not doing this. And especially when I found out uh, how the animal farming is in you know bigger countries mm-hmm. and how all these milk and cheese are where like you know all the cows are full of hormones. So uh, I started developing this like you know a sense that what's the point of eating this meat and this uh, dairy that does not do any good to my body. So uh, I decided in 2016 that. I would like to give it a try. It wasn't like, you know, I'm going like plant-based, fully plant-based. It was more like I need to give it a try. And if I like it, I would like to continue. And if I can't, like, for example, people have different kind of body. And like, you know, you can't say that I want to go plant-based and then all of a sudden you can do it. So I decided uh, I would like to try. And then I really liked it, to be honest, like, you know. I feel like food is not only about eating to be healthy, but also making your soul happy. And my soul was more happy to add more plant-based in my uh, lifestyle. And then uh, I continued it. I was really happy. Finally, uh, once I went plant-based, I saw different parts of life which I could not see before, before I, you know, was eating meat and uh, let's say seafood. And then uh, when I when I started seeing uh, different parts of the society, I realized that uh, more and more people are not really eating plants. They're not adding plants in their diet, but they're adding like uh, 
all this like you know fake meat fake this fake that like what is this like even within the plant this lifestyle mm-hmm. they are not adding real plants so mm-hmm. it became more challenging for me because <laughs> <laughs> because and i could not see that before like seriously i could not because i wasn't living that life yeah. and once i started living that it opened my eyes in a very different way and since i come from a country where agriculture is a part of our culture and we grow a lot of vegetable like variety of vegetables i was missing all these vegetables as well which you cannot really find in you know us in different parts of us and then it became more challenging for me and i started like uh, getting more serious like I, before i wanted to Uh, become plant based now i see this whole issue that nobody is adding or plants and even my own let's say friends and sisters and uh, my neighbors so i started vegan nepal you know like a like my passion project mm-hmm. like uh, i cook vegetables every day so why don't i just like you know start sharing that with uh, my friends and family in the internet mm-hmm. and to be honest i used to share my food videos for like a decade mm-hmm. like i like sharing food videos for some reason always <laughs> so, <laughs> it's fun right it's fun to, yeah, to to be able to share food because sharing food exactly. is the uni- is one of the universal languages right exactly exactly and uh, and then it started getting more and more serious and then uh, where i was living at that time in lexington kentucky i also started seeing that like you know there is no really good vegetarian place forget about vegan but there is not even really a good vegetarian place and there is like you know <laughs> So, and then I, uh, after um, over a year of uh, living this plant-based lifestyle, I thought that, you know, uh, I always wanted to be a chef, but it didn't happen, you know. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I think I'm getting this another chance uh, at this age that I should do whatever I want to do. Because even though I went for graphic design, I wasn't really happy and I didn't want it to go and work in, a, let's say, an office, Mm-hmm. So I thought, uh, you know, I'm going to go do a pop-up and see how it's going to work out. Like it all happened with like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then <laughs> that's how like one step went to another and yeah, another. Yeah. And then as soon as I went to do the pop-up, people loved it. And which I knew like, you know, there must be people in the society that they are going to love vegetables. Like, you mm. know, there are there is already a demand mm. for it, but there is no supply for it mm. because uh, there are not a lot of kids, let's say, or, you know, people who are cooking vegetables since they are young. Mm-hmm. That's one of the other problem I started seeing. Mm. And then uh, because you eat pizzas and burgers and, you know, just salads in your daily life. And you are mostly also eating outside. You're not really cooking every mm-hmm. day, every day at home. So there are so many other problems, let's say. Mm-hmm. So as I went out, people loved my food. And then uh, it was only once a month. So I was like, I can do this once a month. I mean, you know. And then it started another month and another month. And I liked it. And then I continued it. And then the demand started uh, more and more. then i cooked for like you know uh, mayors and uh, judges of the city and i was quite surprised that uh, uh, they they loved 
So this was in this was in Kentucky. This is in Kentucky. Yeah, Lexington, okay. Kentucky. Oh, okay. And then uh, even they were very surprised that how a vegan food can be this delicious. And I had to uh, explain them that uh, vegan food is just eating plants, to be honest. And yeah. we humans are born to eat plants. Mm-hmm. And we have been eating plants for like, you know, decades and decades. I don't know how all of a sudden like uh, eating heavy meat and heavy dairy has become a part of our lifestyle mm-hmm. and uh, for some reason they were really happy and then uh, after doing two years of my uh, pop-up I realized that uh, there is more in me and just like you know making dumpling and like vegetable fritters every month is wasn't really making me happy now mm-hmm. because the demand was growing and I cannot cook for everybody and just like it was uh, giving me stress. Mm-hmm. So I thought that uh, I have been doing for uh, cooking for over 20 years now, two decades. And then uh, I have been doing photography for over a decade, went to college for graphic design, which uh, I have to, uh, I like design as well and photography as well. So like, uh, I didn't know, I didn't know about cookbooks until let's say the age of 30. Okay. That's, ama- that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Your story. I read. I read your story on uh, on your website on your blog, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know that I I can't imagine the moment like what that yeah. must have felt like when you entered oh. because you wrote you wrote that yeah. you went into a Barnes and Nobles and yes. then you were you were very surprised and shocked you know exactly and I wanted to share the story because I'm sure there are so many people like you know who has done so many things in their life, but they are not completely happy. You know, Mm. they are looking for something that I wish there was uh, one thing that I can continue in my life and just be happy and content, let's say content, you know. Mm. We call it like, you know, what is my purpose of life or what is my karma? You know, Mm. there must be something like uh, something. Mm -hmm. So when I went there, and when I saw like all these cookbooks from all over the world, I not only saw cookbooks, but I also saw a lot of things there because I was a photographer and a graphic designer, you know. Uh, then I realized that, oh, my God, like, you know, uh, kids here, they have been uh, looking cookbooks when they're 10 years old or 12 years old, you know, they come with their parents And I went to college for graphic design and I have still not really opened my, this whole uh, dimension of like cookbooks, like, you know, so at that time I was like, this looks like my perfect match. And this is what I was looking for. Oh my God. Yeah. uh, And then, uh, and I also knew that like, you know, I come from a background where people don't really still like, you know, People don't really care about cookbooks, let's say, or like even they don't really buy books and read books. You know, mm-hmm. most of them are, um, they spend their time in kitchen, uh, either cooking or let's say in the farm where they are growing. So it's a different lifestyle, let's say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, for example, if a kid in America, they start learning cookbook at 12, I started cooking at 12. So it's, there's mm-hmm. a difference in that. And then, uh, of course, like uh, all whatever I learned is an ancestral passing as well. So f- 
my experience of what I learned actually really helped me to figure out what kind of cookbook I should write. So it will mm. also help other generation. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not mm-hmm. only just about the book of plants, but uh, I want like also kids to look at my book and be able to uh, cook. And mm-hmm. like, you know, if your parents are busy, so what? Like I started cooking yeah. at nine, nine years old. You can do it too. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, also like chefs who are really like, you know, uh, since they did not cook plants for since they are young, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Uh, I have been cooking since I was young. So here are the very basic recipes, which are really delicious, healthy nutritious and then it doesn't take really long time to cook so like you know i don't want them to stress out like oh my god it takes like three hours to cook mm-hmm. and i don't want them to get lazy and tired before yeah. they start cooking so uh, in a way i have uh, designed this book uh, where like a person can cook a simple meal and then they cook again and again. I want them to develop a habit at cooking at home, first thing. you know. Yeah. If you want to go out and eat, that's fine. You can go out and eat. But if you do not cook at home continuously, you cannot develop that habit. Mm-hmm. So you just can't. Like, you know, in the beginning, you have to. You have to push yourself. And then once you learn how to cook this basic food, like let's say basics, first you learn need to learn your basics then you can imagine whatever you want to cook because now you already learned the simple techniques Mm -hmm. now like you know uh, if you want to go really crazy and spend four hours cooking a lot of dishes at one time go ahead you can do that as well sorry why uh, were you going to say something no, 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 no. I'm, uh, I, I, I love it because um, your book—it's it, not just a cookbook. You know what? You know when I was yeah. flipping through the pictures, it's almost like I was on a tour. You know, through Nepal, yes. and yes. Uh, it's not it, the pictures tell a beautiful story, right? You, you go a, a little bit into you know, uh, the culture aspects, the family aspect. You know why why you do agriculture, why you cook, why you farm, you know, just that's what I love about it. It's not just a cookbook. It's actually almost like a mini tour for those that have never um, traveled to Nepal. um, My sister has traveled and I would love to travel one day, but it's almost like a little, 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 little tour, you know, through it. it's, 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 It's awesome. So before we go deeper into the cookbook, my next question for you is, you know, what are three things you want people to take away from the Nepali, you know, culture, right? So if someone, you know, has a, an interest or someone who has, doesn't know anything about the culture of Nepal, you know, what would you say would be uh, three um, top things you would want them to know? First one is home cooking. It is very important because uh, even until now, there are a lot of people who don't really like to go out and eat a lot. You know? And there are some people who never go out and eat a lot because they are very specific about uh, their ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, uh, that's why like, uh, I have added the whole section in my book about home cooking and why it is so important 
to live a healthy lifestyle home cooking is very 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 important and it is not only about your lifestyle but you are also passing that uh, to the next generation so another thing uh, if you don't cook at home how are you going to have that relationship with your let's say partner or your mm. child or like you know there is this so uh, we have a home cooking community you don't only cook at home but you also invite your cousins or you know your relatives and eat together eating is really really a important part of our culture mm. and then second thing uh, let's say growing even though we go out and then buy vegetables uh, we still um, believe in organic uh, growing because like you know, in the cities uh, they have already started putting pesticides and like mm. i said people are very conscious about like what they eat here like very conscious after i came back from uh, us i realized that even though they go out they always complain about like you know uh, how they don't really care about growing these days and like they put all these pesticides and then you know uh, that does not have any nutrient values things even though they are they haven't even gone to school or college they know that already mm. <laughs> yeah. so um Uh, uh no matter what a lot of people who has land a little bit of land they mm-hmm. grow their greens greens mm-hmm. is very important uh, let's say dal and like rice is not uh, is possible by everybody because it needs bigger a little bit bigger space and bigger farm but people who have bigger farms uh, we still grow rice here and then uh, besides sag which is very seasonal you can see the green section in my cookbook Mm-hmm. beside that uh seasonal vegetable is also very important for people and um like i said like if you don't have a lot of space people uh, do rooftop gardening so mm. they grow whatever they they can let's say they can within their space and what they want to eat uh, very often so mm. like the tomato cilantro and uh, some seasonal vegetable like okra and then uh, let's say bitter gourd they don't really need a lot of space they can just mm. like you know hang around so those vegetables are um, they like to grow by themselves Mm-hmm. and then third let's say uh spirituality spirituality is very important in our uh lifestyle nepali lifestyle because be- beside cooking at home and trying to be healthy and growing uh which is a part of their like exercise because they don't all do yoga yeah, and workouts yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> there's no beside, gyms there, you know, <laughs> there's no big I gyms mean, I mean there are gyms but uh, let's say there are different group of people like people yeah. like me or older than me they didn't really went to gym you know mm-hmm. they don't so they don't have this habit of going to gym and for them uh, working in the garden is their gym or yes, working in the kitchen yeah. is their gym like you know basic workout and beside that they also want to connect with the higher you know being and uh, just like uh, 
to live a healthy lifestyle, you also have to uh, focus in spirituality. And now, like, I'm sure there are people who did not grow up with that, but we grew up in Hinduism and Buddhism, like the mixture of that. So uh, it's really hard to say that, you know, I'm not a spiritual person. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's like in our now DNA. And then uh, um, for me, that is like a meditation. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't have to like sit and meditate. You, It's like a sadhana. You go and then worship and then uh, connect to your you know, spiritual God, wherever you like, because we have a lot. And uh, that also, that also in some way makes you happy and uh, makes your, uh, makes your brain clear. Like, you know, for example, let's say uh, these days people wake up and then instead of going to or worshiping or like, you know, going to temples, they start scrolling. Mm. you know <laughs> they start like scrolling and once you start scrolling obviously you will scroll for half an hour or let's say 15 30 an hour if you are in too many uh, apps mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know so uh, for me i feel like i would rather just like you know uh, if i can i will go to a temple but a lot of nepali house already has a tiny temple in their house because they are like so spiritual so I'll just go there and like, you know, meditate a little bit uh, and, and then go back to my lifestyle if I have to cook breakfast or, you know, lunch, whatever, or go for shopping. So these three, three, these three things are very important. <laughs> Babita, you just, described, you just described a lifestyle that is completely opposite of Americans. Yeah. <laughs> So what 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 I got? Okay, so I grew up. So mm-hmm. I'm a child of immigrant parents. Um, mm-hmm. My father, my father, my mother. They came from southern China, uh, Hong mm-hmm. Kong. So not too far away, right? And uh, they came in the early '80s. And me and my sister were born, you know, in the United States. So we grew up mm-hmm. as American, but. We also have a very close ties with our Chinese heritage, right? Yes. So we're able mm-hmm. to understand both worlds, okay? That's great. And uh, yeah, and um, you know what you just described is something that is very, you know, it for me it sounds very peaceful. Um, yeah. You know, the lifestyle is more gravitating towards you know contentment, happiness balance, harmony, right? Yes, Which yes. in the Chinese culture, you know, we do have a lot of, but it's over the years, yeah. yeah, but over the years, you know, we've uh, been influenced by Western civilization, yes. corporations. So that's kind of changed a little bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, I love it because everything is connected. You know, you said growing your food, cooking your food, the spirituality, they're all connected, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, it's very opposite yeah, <laughs> of American then, society. And then what you said, we need a balanced lifestyle to be content and happy. You can just work and then go out and eat and then expect that your life is going to be healthy yeah. or like balanced. So you're going to be yeah. happy inside. Yeah. That's not going to work out. You need to find a way what makes you happy, you know. And then you need to figure it out and then apply that in your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You, but Western lifestyle is you work, 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 all this like work, work, where you don't even get off. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, that is not what we were born for. 
<laughs> you know, that was not what we are born for. We need a relaxed lifestyle. Yeah. And then we need a very like, uh, I like Nepali lifestyle because it, it is like for other people, it might be slow. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are doing everything what we're supposed to do, you know, as a human being, as a human civilization, you know, where we are going through the Western civilization. That's what I actually started thinking um, uh, when I was also writing this book, you know, because uh, after living 10 years in US, I, you do change, you know, like you, you all of a sudden go in a different lifestyle and yeah. then you start thinking like, you know, where am I going with yeah, this yeah, lifestyle? Yeah. Like, I'm, 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 I'm so glad, I'm so glad because um, before COVID, you know, I'm a big traveler. Yeah. I've traveled, mm-hmm. I'm very humbled and grateful to, to travel the world. And it's very fascinating to me when you meet people from different countries, they just have different eyes. And, you know, when I yes. hear you, you know, talk about it, I could see how much of a difference, you know, it's been for you and how it's so, how shocking it is. And you could, you could hear it and see it in your body language and, you know, but for others, it's just normal. It's normal to work all the time. It's normal to work all the time. It's normal to not have a break. It's normal to eat the way we eat. And unfortunately it kills us, you know, it literally kills our health. It destroys our self relationship. And I'm very, I'm just glad that, you know, your eyes can see that. And then uh, my husband is American. So like, you know, even though he's a spiritual person and such a, like a humble person, he was in this trend of working so much, you know, and I was trying to explain him that, you know, I understand where you are going with this, but this is not the right way because you are going to crash in your 40s or like, you know, very soon. And uh, you are my husband and I cannot Mm. let that happen you know, because I can (laughs) I already see that future. So that is another reason why it was very important. Like, you know, I'm myself crashing, to be honest, because I'm like so confused. And just imagine like you grew up in this culture. So like, you know, you cannot see, but I can see it. So yeah. let's go to Nepal, you know. Let's go, to fine. Nepal. <laughs> let's go halfway around the world. Come with yeah. me. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's go to Nepal because uh, he has to also explore more Asian culture, you know, or yeah. different culture, let's say, just to understand himself, not to like, you know, um, not to like um, find out something new or anything like, you know, why like people travel for two weeks and one month and they think that they have discovered like, you know, this and that. But I feel like what can you discover in two weeks? Like, you know, you are a Mm. tourist in two weeks. Mm. And that's why I told my husband that, uh, no, I mean, and we already knew that COVID was coming, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because we planned to come to Nepal in 2019. And then, uh, and uh, I I told him 2020, we are going to Nepal. It doesn't matter what happens. Then all of a sudden this COVID news started and we were like, you know, now we are going to Nepal for as much as we want to live because I don't know what is going to happen. Because, you know, everybody was so 
afraid and stressed out that everybody's dying or I don't know, like, you know, this and that. And uh, even though we knew uh, we eat really good and we have a healthy lifestyle, who knows what can happen? Like, seriously, who who knows? So what we thought that uh, we're going to go to Nepal and we're going to live there uh, as long as we want. And I need to finish my book. So I'm going to finish my book in Nepal. I don't know anything, you know, because uh, even though I had com- almost completed my book, I still, I felt like this is not like uh, complete, let's say, you know, there is a lot of thing missing in my book and I cannot really tell right now because I'm in a lot of stress right now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And then uh, I thought that, you know, I don't want to have stress and finish my first book because this is like the first uh, also vegetarian and vegan cookbook. Once it is out, it's going to be out. So I'm yeah. going to go to Nepal and I'm going to relax a little bit and then I'll focus in my book. And then you need to also focus in whatever you want to do. Like, you know, so I also made him quit everything, his work. Mm. <laughs> you you must like, have been you must have been a very good convincer. <laughs> you must have been a very good convincer. <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, he's been working for 35 some years of his life. Like continuously, because American yeah. lifestyle is you can't quit. You yeah. have to work. So I thought like, you know, that's fine if you quit for one year. Come on, like think it as your vacation. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and, exactly. And in some ways, Corona really helped because then I can convince him more that like, you know, so you want to work and like, you know, if something happens to you, uh, like, you know, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I need to leave my lifestyle now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, let so me uh I, let me let me let me shift gears a little bit so i love sure. the fact that you took the time to develop and you know to really not rush the process i think that's an amazing thing i didn't uh, i haven't come out with a cookbook yet but i wrote my first like half memoir half self-help book you know um documenting a lot of personal and professional stories that took me a year and a half i've never yeah. written a book before i didn't know what i was doing and so i i can i can relate to you i can understand yep. how sometimes you're not in the moment to write something and sometimes you are and you can't writing is very different. You know, you have to, you know, not rush it, trust the process and, you know, just trust that, you know, when it's time to write, then you write when it's not time to write, then you don't write, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and plus sometimes you need to start to figure out like, you know, where you want to go. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And I'm glad I started in 2019. So I had this vision, but I just need to like, you know, uh, figure out where this vision is going in yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah. So coming, yeah. coming to Nepal was definitely the best decision I took mm. in my life. One of the best decision. And, uh, and also for my husband, to be honest, which mm-hmm. is why like, you know, I, added this story because like now we have this Nepali side and then now I also have this American side of Mm -hmm. like my story where like uh, like you said people might not understand it but I want people to understand this that you know living a healthy lifestyle is also not only eating about plants there is a lot of factors that goes in yeah yes yeah that's definitely 
Um, so I have one more question before we go to the food demo is, um, traditionally how's cooking set up? Is it mostly cooked by men? Is it mostly cooked by women? You know, does the family get together to cook? What is cooking culture like in a Nepali household, for example? So, uh, most women, let's say until my mother time, uh, they were housewives and mm. then they do all the cooking and then uh, most men, they go to uh, the f- farms and then they, they do their uh, farming. So we had uh, this really nice balanced lifestyle. But uh, that has been changed now because we are, you know, going more to the Western lifestyle. But still, uh, since our mother used to cook a lot and there are, uh, other women's like for example my aunt and my aunt from mother's side and from you know father's side and my sisters and my cousins so uh, every time like we have a lot of festivals every time we have festivals we have gatherings and then we cook like cooking is just like a part of our uh, lifestyle festivals and mm. in general like uh, we don't really spend money, let's say, like, you know, because cooking is like, you know, uh, something that we like to spend all our time and all our money. Mm. Yep. And uh, that is why I really like Nepali lifestyle. And I seriously think that uh, uh, every, let's say, not only women, but also men has to learn cooking because if you, if there is only one generation who does not who does not cook, then uh, you kind of miss out on like you know other generation because they yeah. now they will start only eating outside. Mm-hmm. So when we are child, uh, like for example, me, me, my brother, and my sister, we all used to be around the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That was like very very common before the cell phone came. I grew mm-hmm. up without cell phone, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really have cell phone until I went to U.S. Because mm-hmm. at that time, seriously, I used to think, so what are we going to do with cell phone? Like, I don't know who to call because uh, <laughs> 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 because we had a lifestyle uh, where, like, you have a landline and if you have yes. important talk you just call in landline and it's cheaper and mm-hmm. if you have cell phone like now everybody in the family has cell phone so like you know uh, it's expensive mm-hmm. you know if and then i feel like exactly like what am i going to talk in the cell phone like i don't even know <laughs> because <laughs> because like when we have gatherings we talk with a lot of people and a lot of things so like there's you know, real conversations when you're real, in person in person so like uh, we didn't even have that habit so when the cell phone first started you know when i was 18 i thought like oh cell phone is a great idea but uh, uh, it might be only for ministers because they get calls from so many people what am i gonna do with the cell phone i don't even know (laughs) so so that was a good thing i really like how i grew up because now i don't have cell phone or i don't have uh, we had tv but uh, there was only one or two channels at a certain time so like you know you watch a cartoon or like your series and then back to kitchen like we're Mm -hmm. always in the kitchen because uh, like i said 
uh, even our breakfast is uh, cooked breakfast it's not cereal or like packaged food and mm-hmm. then your lunch is again cooked lunch and then your snacks is again cooked <laughs> uh, snacks <laughs> and dinner is cooked uh, uh dinner so like uh, most of the time you cook and then you clean and you take rest or do whatever you want or if you are young kid you go to school and then you come back and then back to the kitchen mm. so in that way i think it was really good uh, then i had this practice of being in the kitchen every day versus like uh, these days kids are not in the kitchen they're always yeah. in the cell phone so in some way it's not even their fault it's just like the lifestyle is not really good for opposite. them yeah. opposite and especially when you are child that is the time you need to put your child to the kitchen so they will have a habit to be in the kitchen because like you know if you are not if you don't have this habit until you are let's say 15 or like 16 then you cannot develop that habit all of a sudden when you are a teenager and then uh, there might be some kids who really want to be in the kitchen they have to work really hard mm-hmm. you know because yeah. like you know some might think that oh this uh, lifestyle i was eating or whatever i'm eating is not good for my health i need to uh, try to cook for myself and it is really hard for them because it is like you know they are trying to do self help so the best thing if a, whatever a parent can do is even though they don't like cooking here is my book <laughs> <laughs> here is my book uh, that is why i have very simple recipes to start with uh, try like you know try with your children when they are 8 year old or like whenever you cook you need to put your children around you so they can see and when they see they finally uh, the what do you call they start they start or they have this they develop the skills yeah skills and enthusiasm that oh my mm-hmm. mother is cooking and i want to cook as well so like mm-hmm. it takes some time but if i would not have been in kitchen since i was very very young then i don't think i would have started cooking at a very early age you know mm-hmm. um, yeah. so so like you know i that's why this book was very important to me because now i have lived that a uh, very different ancient lifestyle and then now i am in a very different modern lifestyle so mm-hmm. i understand the children of modern lifestyle because even nepali kids are becoming very modern they don't mm-hmm. really cook they don't really like you know help their parents in the kitchen they just like going out and eat which they might think it's fun when they are young but then it will catch up with a yeah. lot of uh, you know health problems by yeah. the time they are 20 years old so uh, oh yeah we're 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 seeing the we're seeing the the negative health trends we are seeing the poor health um a lot of yeah. um you know poor health is becoming more and more real and more apparent earlier and earlier so i would love to you know with you uh let's try to get people more inspiration so what are we cooking today today i'm going to cook okra curry Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, if you are interested in having a consultation with me, 
and actually see me one-on-one. Um, the Chef Doc Lifestyle Medicine uh, practice has partnered with Plant-Based Telehealth and uh, we offer uh, lifestyle medicine consultations. So you'll be able to see me one-on-one and um, I can go over your health history and seeing what we can do to fill in the gaps. Uh, we can talk about your physical health, anything from food to lifestyle to diet to setting up your kitchen to cooking preparation to grocery shopping to your mental health. Um, I think it's important that we build our emotional resilience to talking about your sleep and how to stay hydrated and what are the best uh, medicines if necessary, what are the best supplementations if necessary. And we do all this in a very concise manner and it's a conversation. I take the time out to listen. I take the time out to really understand you from the ground up and to look at all aspects um, of your physical, emotional, and mental health. And uh, please, you know, uh, drop me a line, schedule an appointment if you want to see me one-on-one. And um, I am very, very looking forward to learning more about you. And again, thank you so much for visiting uh, here uh, at The Chef Doc. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Okra curry is one of my favorite. Uh, you can find okra all year round, to be honest. Um, and then okra is also something that is very popular in U.S. That's what I've seen and you can also find throughout the U.S. Which is the other reason I thought okra curry must go in my cookbook. So once the pan is hot, you add your oil. Here I'm adding mustard oil. But uh, if you can't find mustard oil, you can use whatever oil you want or whatever is available. You said mustard oil? Yes, mustard oil. Oh, okay. Mustard oil is a local, it's very local in Nepal. You can find throughout Nepal. So like a lot of people uh, use mustard oil for their day-to-day -day life. Mm. And then you add some cumin seed. I've added mustard seed in my book, but now since I'm using mustard oil, I already have the flavor of mustard. So I'm not going to add mustard oil. And then after that, you add your onion. Cauliflower curry or you know, beans curry. 
Do you have any questions? Uh, no, I, I love curry. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, Indian food. I've had Indian curry before Thai curry before. Um, I've had Japanese curry before. Um, they're all very, very different. So it's very, uh, you know, it's very fascinating. So I'm, so it's, I'm, so it's exciting that you haven't had Nepali curry before. <laughs> so Nepali curry at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come and try yours. <laughs> yeah, because like I think every uh, like you said, uh, Indian curry and Thai curry, uh, they use spices in a different way. I mean, they use very similar spices, but I think the flavor is uh, there is a difference in the flavor. I know that uh, your your mother. Um you know, guided you to cook when you were a very, very young age. What is her reaction, um, you know, from you taking your life to now becoming, you know, a cookbook author? Um, is she happy about that or what is her reaction? Um, that's a great question. So like I said, uh, since we do not come from a background where people like, you know, buy books or, or like... Like she does, she didn't even really go to school. So for her, like she's happy, but then she still doesn't understand what it's like to write a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Are you the first one in your family to graduate from college? Yes, for with bachelors, let's say. And my sister is graduating soon as well. But then uh, I also chose a lifestyle where um, I wanted to be an artist, you know, because yeah. it is something that came from inside. And then, like I said, the ethnicity I come from, I'm Nepal, yeah. and Nepal are the great artisan of Nepal. And I think that is why, for some reason, like I, it came from inside, let's say, like, uh, uh, like I'm already an artist by nature and why I'm trying to do this and that I need to focus in this so writing my first book was really challenging because nobody yeah. has done that before and for me it was just like you know I didn't even have a reference let's say you know I could not even look at different Nepali books and but something told me that uh, I I am really good at photography and already photo editing and uh, cooking and you know design landscape photography and I have so much interest in my culture and I really want to um, document my Nepali culture but also like women lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean because. I think women are not very appreciated in my culture because they only know how to cook and clean. But I think that is the most important part of becoming a human or like yeah. a good human being. And, you know, things like that, like I just, I don't know, the way I grew up and the way I see the society and how the society see me, I yeah. think that that has made me who I am right now. And then... Uh, starting a book was difficult, but once now a book came out and now I have international friends who actually understands my work, you know. Yeah. Still people in Nepal, they have not understand my work here because for <laughs> them it's just like uh, 
it's like a, oh, is this a book like cookbook like you know i don't know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Like that, you're you're a pioneer in so many different ways, you know. And uh, you know, maybe people from your family and friends may not understand it, but over here and other places outside of Nepal, it's very, very appreciative because it allows us to learn more about your culture, um, and it gets us uh, another approach another lens another perspective into plant-based cooking because you know there's so many different ways you know it's you know for us americans you know for those that don't eat plant-based or vegan they uh -huh. they just think of a salad right yeah. but you and i both know that it's way more than just a salad it's so much it's so much so you are a, a an incredible voice to be able to bring that forward, you know? So, so I deeply appreciate your work. Thank you so much. I hope like uh, another, another reason to write this book was, um, I want more like women of Nepal to be happy and do what they want to do, you know? And not like what I'm seeing the trend is we're all going out and somewhere we're all becoming a slave, you mm. know, in some ways. And that also really bugged me from inside that, you know, mm. I have so much talent in me, myself, and like, uh, why am I trying to do work for other people that I don't even, I'm not even interested. Like, yeah. why should I live a life that, you know, uh, that I'm not doing what I really want to do, you know, mm. especially when I'm young, because uh, when you are young, you need to explore yourself and then do things that you want to do. And if it doesn't work out, I, I'll switch it to something else. Mm -hmm. You understand mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes, so I do. I do. I, I hope like in maybe five to 10 years, um, more Nepali women will open their eyes. And then not just Nepali women, in general, like women, let's say, because yeah. uh, there is a big another issue going on in the world where women are not pursuing what they really should but they are going in a trend of just making money and yeah. living a corporate life and that will not make them happy in the long run mm -hmm. and i hope they will realize that understand that so like you know they can have a happy uh, life later on yeah 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 exactly or 60s you know so So I let uh, the potato cook a little bit first, and then I add uh, okra. Now, is it any special kind of okra, or any okra would do? You can use any okra. I know that there are some like uh, different kind of okra you can find in US, but in Nepal, I haven't really seen different kind of okras. They they are all green okras, and yes. just the one that is long and tall and slender ones. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you can also cut okra in different ways. So you can, but I like this size. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically when you cook them, they cook really nicely. And then uh, all the spices also will blend in all sides. Versus if you cook, uh, if you cut it really like, you know, in a big chunk, the spices don't uh, blend properly in the all sides. Mm. 
Very important tip, make sure you cook your uh, curry in medium heat, otherwise your onion can burn really quickly. Mm -hmm. You can see a few of my onions are already burned because I was uh, busy talking and not focusing. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did you uh, put before the okra? Uh, I put some salt, so uh, usually when, um, when you put salt in once the... Uh, once you fry the potatoes, it will help the potatoes cook a bit faster. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so another tip, so there are some potatoes I have noticed that uh, cooks really fast. And in Nepal, we have different kind of potatoes, which also takes a little bit longer time. So okay. for those potatoes that takes longer time, you can add a little bit of salt uh, while you're cooking on the potatoes. But if it is like, you know, the, the kind of potatoes that cooks really quickly, then you mm -hmm. don't have to add it uh, while you are uh, frying them. Mm -hmm. Now, for those that don't uh, cook with okra, um, it can be uh, when you're preparing it, it could be very uh, slimy. <laughs> and, oh, people, yeah. and, and, people, and people get turned off by the sliminess, but that goes away. <laughs> So if you don't want okra to be slimy, what you got to do is, if you know uh, you're cooking okra tomorrow, so you can wash it and let it dry overnight. But uh, for example, you went shopping and now you want to wash okra and cook right away. In that situation, you wash them and then you tap it with a cloth, a cotton mm -hmm. cloth, and make it dry. And then uh, it will not be slimy. Most people just wash them and then chop them and then cook them right away. That is what is causing it to be slimy. Mm. I think I have left a tip in the book for the slimy. You did, you did, you did. Let me find my ginger here. So for this recipe, um, I am using only ginger today because I'm avoiding... Um, garlic for a few months i'm in a garlic cycle this is fasting but okay. uh, but uh, uh, in my cookbook i have added ginger and garlic both yeah I, I love that combination it's a very common common combination in uh, in, in chinese cooking so yeah absolutely asian cooking let's say yeah ginger in general <laughs> yeah asian cooking in general <laughs> yeah. Are you using a mortar and pestle? Yes. Yeah, I didn't want to do it on table because it is going to shake, but here my ginger is ready. I usually use mortar and pestle for all my spices because I really like that flavor, raw flavor. Mm. Now and also my okra. Most um, 
curry, you have to keep uh, stirring it every minute or two minutes. So make sure that like you know it is not sticking on the bottom of your pan. Mm -hmm. And I also like to uh, tell you that uh, I do. Even though I eat all the vegetables, I go on a cycle where I'm sometimes uh, fasting ginger, sorry, not ginger, but garlic, sometimes onions, sometimes potatoes, because now my ancestors used to eat very seasonal food, mm. right? Like even it is in China or like in Asia, or back in the days, we used to eat seasonal food, but now everything is available all the time. Mm. And uh, to eat all this food according to your body, some people uh, uh, cannot really like, you know, they don't really feel good to eat onion and garlic all the time or even like a potato. For example, if I eat uh, garlic all the time, like I feel like uh, my inflammation kicks in and mm -hmm. which is why I feel like uh, that's fine for me to go on a cycle. So sometimes I don't really uh, add a lot of oil or sometimes I like to eat also oil free. So like 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 I said that uh, eating healthy is not only about eating plants as well. You need to first know your body type. It's very important. And then work, work on it. Mm -hmm. So my okra is uh, really cooked now. I'm going to add uh, ginger. You can add ginger and garlic. Then I'm also going to add my cumin powder. Uh, ginger, cumin seed, cumin powder, and turmeric is my very go-to spices. So that's cumin, cumin powder. This is cumin powder, and I also grind my own cumin powder at home. Okay. It really has a good flavor versus like store-bought. Mm. Uh, to do that, it is very simple. You buy cumin seed and then roast it just a little bit like this, say five minutes in low heat, and then ground it and then put it in a bottle. Mm. Your cumin powder is ready. Mm. Now, Babita, what is the difference between cooking the spices and the garlic and ginger before the dish or and after the dish? Because I've noticed that you are cooking, you're adding the garlic and ginger and spices afterwards. Like, what's the difference? So I like to first cook my vegetable and then add the uh, spices. So like the vegetable are also cooked right and the spices still have that raw and beautiful flavor mm. versus like if you cook your spices beforehand and then you cook your uh, vegetable the best uh, spices are really overly cooked over the mm. time because now you're cooking it for 30 to 45 minutes mm. so once my once your uh, let's say potatoes are cooked and you can see your uh, okras are almost cooked, not fully cooked. Then you add your spices. I also added turmeric, by the way. 
Then once it is nicely mixed, and close it for a while. My cooking is definitely in cycle, so like you know, you cook your onion a little bit and then potato and then uh, your whatever vegetable. Right now I'm using okra, but like if you are putting cauliflower, cook your cauliflower, then add your spices, mix it well. And then uh, if you want to add tomatoes for the gravy, you add your tomatoes and then top it with your cilantro and ready. Mm. So while you are doing this, uh, you can chop your tomatoes if you have not chopped beforehand. Most of my cooking is like that, like you know, uh, I do my uh, tomatoes, I chop my tomatoes and my, uh, let's say, grind my, ground my uh, spices while I'm uh, cooking the dishes. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I'm also cooking both sides. So I will tell you a very good tip. Give me a second. Yeah. So here you go. Here is my tomato and cilantro ready. So now the spices are mixed. As you can see. And you can also tell by the flavor. Mm. Smell it. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna add my tomatoes and chilies. If you want more spicy, you can add two or three chilies. I'm just gonna add one chili. And for okra, I only added two tablespoons of oil. But uh, if you want to add three tablespoons or four tablespoons, you can go ahead and do that as well. Because okra is one of those vegetables that requires extra oil. Now once this is mixed, what I'm going to do is I'm going to Cover the lid and cook it for two minutes so the tomatoes are nicely cooked. So when you are making a Nepali dalba set, what I do is I cook in uh, two stoves. Mm -hmm. uh, I cook my curry in one side and then I cook my dal in uh, other side. I already cooked my dal today and then obviously there is a rice cooker where you cook your rice, right? Once mm -hmm. your dal is done, which only takes 10 minutes to be honest, you take your dal aside and then if you want to make greens or like, you know, uh, if you want to make greens or bulgaria uh, gocha, which is tomato, tomato sauce. And you can start with that on on your uh, another stove. And then you can still cook your curry at the same time. But uh, it might, it will take some experience. Like for example, if this is the first time, uh, you might not be able to do that, but if you are cooking uh, curry for let's say three or four times, you can just very easily, you know, bounce around. Okay, you cook this, you close it. Now it's uh, my sag turn or my mm -hmm. uh, dal turn or my you know uh, tomato sauce turn. So even though it looks like four dishes, you can cook everything within like forty-five minutes. Mm. You need to have like a rhythm, one, two, one, two. <laughs> <laughs>
you can see the tomatoes are cooking now. Looking really good. So I can show you how we start by doing this. So I have washed some greens. Let me chop it very quick. Yeah. So I want to show like you know how you can still cook your curry and uh, work on your side. Yeah. So <laughs> these are mustard greens, which is also like really popular greens in Nepal. These are rich in iron and the oxygen, really good for your digestive system. People, if you have constipation, like a regular constipation issues, please add sag in your daily life. You will see the change very quickly. One thing I have really noticed in uh, Western lifestyle that they don't really add greens in their life, which is really important in Asian cooking, either it is Nepali, Indian, Chinese, or Thai. Mm -hmm. They love having sag as a side dish. Mm -hmm. So this is ready. I'm going to make a very simple sag recipe. Just a little bit of oil in the mud. And for those that um, uh, who are not familiar with sag, can you explain a little bit what sag is? Sag is just like green vegetables, you know, different kind of green vegetables. Uh, these are mustard. I have four different kinds. I think mustard, uh, fenugreek, spinach, and then um, one more. Uh, what was it? I don't remember, but I think I have four different kinds in my book. But... To be honest, uh, in Asia, uh, there are a lot of different kinds of sag you can greens you can find. Oh, I remember pumpkin leaves, which is yes, also my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, favorite. So, um, like I said, uh, first thing, you can find a lot of different kinds of greens in the uh, U.S. unless you go to an Asian store or Indian store. Uh, so, like... Uh, it's very difficult, but why I chose to have, uh, why I chose four different recipes in my cookbook, it's because um, it's very simple to grow. So if you can find, you can just use a bucket and then try to grow mustard green or like, you know, just throw some mustard seeds and you can uh, grow mustard green. Just throw some fenugreek seeds and you can grow uh, 
fenugreek greens and they are just throw one pumpkin seed in like you know pot or like in your uh, front yard backyard you can grow a huge uh, pumpkin um, tree uh, sorry um, pumpkin leaves and uh, and then another one is spinach which is also very easy mm -hmm. uh, you just need a pot and throw some spinach seed and you can grow your own spinach Sal, which yeah. is again very very important like you already said it is very important part of our Nepali uh, Nepali set and then it is also very important to live a healthy lifestyle mm -hmm. so yeah you're absolutely but, right we don't have enough greens in our diet no not at all like that is why I was also very and these are only the four ones that I chose because it it is easily available or at least like if you really try, you mm. can find it in West Coast or East Coast or like, you know, even in Kentucky. And it is really, really easy to grow. So mm. like if you don't find it, uh, just try growing one uh, greens and then start adding uh, to your uh, diet. And if you don't want to saute them on the side, you can also add it in your curry or your fried rice or like you know pasta like whatever you want to uh, add in yes so this is heating up <laughs> usually uh, i also add garlic saute garlic a little bit and then just throw my greens in it but today i'm just adding a little bit of cumin seed because this is very simple and flavorful and adds a lot of flavor in your nepali or like you know in your dish then fry that a little bit <clears throat> i'll fry the cumin just yes. for a few seconds and then add salt Contracts? Oh, yeah, contracts. So when you first put the side, it might be one whole um, pan, but then once you put salt and cook it, it really contracts down to just like, you know, one whole. And that's it. Uh, I will cover it for a minute or two. So the stems are cooked. Most people, to be honest, also like it uh, raw. Then uh, the other way to cook uh, greens is saute some garlic. I really like uh, 
um, when I saute some garlic, or if you want to spice it up, you can saute some garlic, onion, and chilies. I have also shared four different kinds of ways to make greens in my cookbook. So please mm -hmm. take a look at it. So like, you know, you don't necessarily have to cook to a certain greens in a certain style. And besides that, I also share a lot of my uh, uh, everyday cooking, which uh, is like, you know, I add a lot of greens in my daily life in my uh, social media. Mm -hmm. So the curry is ready. You can see that. I'm going to add cilantro. Oh, that's beautiful. A lot of people like to add uh, cilantro seed, but then uh, I can easily get fresh cilantro. So instead of seeds, uh, cilantro powder, I like to use fresh cilantro on top again for like a nice aroma, flavor plus aroma. There you go. Curry is ready. Nice. So now you just need guests. <laughs> yeah. So this is ready, and then sag will be ready in a minute. Um, I have also, I have also cooked dal already for you. Oh wow! Again, this is a very simple dal. I just boiled red lentils and then added. Um, turmeric and salt, nothing very uh, fancy, but again, if you want to uh, spice it up, I have a recipe in the book where you can fry some onion garlic and then add it on top. There you go. That is also very good. And then I also cook some rice. I had some brown rice, so I cooked some brown rice. Yeah, beautiful, here. beautiful. <laughs> so like I said, uh, it, do it doesn't take a long time to cook this whole thing. You just need to learn how, you just need to learn the technique, how to cook them in a rhythm. So you are cooking your rice dal and your curry on side and then your sag and hot jar on the other side. I yeah, didn't yeah. Cook sauce today because uh, I was running out of time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is good enough. We already have four different varieties, and here you go. Sag is ready. Oh, beautiful. And then sometimes when it is only for one or two persons, you can see that you know it leaves water here. And yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. In that case, sometimes I also don't cook any dal and just like you know, make sure that I uh, use the water of the sag and rice and curry and mix it together and make yeah. it nice for some meat. So awesome. here, should I, make, should I make a plate for you here? Yeah, you? yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Want to see the see the complete beautiful picture? Yeah. Let's do this. Let me put this here. I like how the top of it is green. Oh, thanks. I'm going to do this. So put my rice here. And we add on the side. 
Oh, wow. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she recreated, recreated the cover. <laughs> All right. I'm just, I'm just fascinated because remember how you said, uh, you know, before you're like, what do you do with a cell phone? And now, you know, so many years later, we're able to podcast with someone across, you know, across half a world away, cook, demonstrate and tell your story. And yeah, yeah, so I mean, there are advantages of it, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to utilize this tool properly. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so, so much for, you know, giving us, um, you know, just a snippet of your story, your culture. Um, I've learned a lot. And, um, you know, what I got from it is, you know, very harmonious, very balanced, very, uh, you know, simple, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of it is uh, not that complicated. You know, when we think of plant-based, when we think of veganism, when we think of whole food plant-based, when we think of vegetarianism, we think of it as very comp- complicated and very complex. And I'm very happy to, you know, uh, spend this time with you to, you know, to showcase that it's not that. And another important thing, uh, I have also noticed after going plant this, that a lot of people think that you need to be rich to be Yes. Uh, living a plant-based lifestyle, which I think is opposite, <laughs> because uh, you can grow plants, you know, but yeah. you cannot like have a, a animal and then you know cut the animal. That's like yeah. too much. But if if you really want to live a plant-based lifestyle, it's very simple, easy, and then you can grow your own food, and you can, to be honest, learn more about plants, which is. You will not understand until you really add more plants in yeah. life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. For those that want to get your book, find out more about you, where can they go? Oh, uh, you can go to veganepal.net. You can find all the links of my web, uh, different website where you can find my cookbook, Plan Based Himalaya. <laughs> <laughs> And if you buy my book, please uh, share your recipes or, you know, uh, stories and tag me at Vulgar Nepal. I would like to see more people cooking from different parts of the world. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. It's been such a great pleasure, you know, to have you on the show. And, you know, you never know, I might, you know, one day come over and knock on your door (laughs) and try and try your try your recipes, you know, in person. So thank you so, so much for being, you know, taking the time out, you know, for it to be here with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a wonderful time. (laughs) Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for watching this episode. If you like this, please like, comment and subscribe. And if you feel like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. Until then. Please say goodbye to Chef Babita. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for watching that episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you like this, please like, follow, and subscribe. And please follow us for the latest updates for this season, season five. And if you feel that this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know. And please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and YouTube. And thank you so much again. And we will see you on the next one. Thank you.